Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor... You can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Inquiries of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries, which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor or Ko-fi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, my name is Josh. I am the host of Illusionary Tales of reality. Uh, so today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I decided to uh, meet up uh, with a fellow podcaster here and do a swap cast. Uh, so I will go ahead and let uh, my co-host for today's uh, festivities go ahead and introduce uh, himself and we will get everything uh, rolling with today's episode. How's it going everybody? I'm Shane from Inquiries of Our Reality. Uh, you know, Mixing the two different reality names together, you know, the reality boys throwing it together. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess a good point to get started. Um, I'm always curious, man. What got you started doing your podcast? Uh, so to be honest with you, um, I was dating somebody uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and, and even before we were dating, uh, we, we used to work together and, and for and for a long time, she kept sort of pushing me to, to go into this, um, as far as telling people, not necessarily my, my, my story, but, but sort of, uh, speaking about all these ideas and, and my thoughts, getting, um, getting them out into the open. And for, and it was something that I just stopped. Um, I, I want to say I didn't stop. It was more so that I didn't have 
have the courage is, is, the, is probably the best best word to use uh, where uh, for me, I don't like to put myself out there in some situations. Uh, it's just one of those things where I've just never been that comfortable. Um, and then uh, we sort of had had a big breakup about uh, about six, seven months ago, last September-ish. Um, and actually it was before then in July. And, and I remember like I was just sitting there. I was like, hey, it's they're just sort of going stir crazy. Um, went to go see a psychic uh, locally where I lived. And, and it was just more so like I was trying to find, find purpose in my life, trying to find um, a path for myself and sort of went in there, not even thinking about the podcasting thing. And uh, it was just more so trying to direct myself with that. Um, and after sort of uh, sitting down and speaking with the psychic, and um, she sort of convinced me to to take a to take a leap of faith, um, a, a major leap of faith for myself, uh, to, to to say to say the least. Um, where where is something where where she said if I did go down this path, um, it, it would sort of lead me to to what I what I was searching for, um, and so I decided to jump into it um, with sort of not knowing how anything was going to go and, and sort of figure out myself and try to find a, a community and to, to hear my voice and, and to hear hear my crazy opinions and crazy rants uh, <laughs> that I go on. Uh, and that's sort of, sort of where it started. Um, I know my first episode launched uh, back in September of last year. Um, and, and I've basically, for the most part, been trying to put at least one episode out a, out a week. Uh, obviously life happens and there's been a couple of times where it's gone a couple of weeks in between, um, where I haven't been able to, to get an episode out. Um, but I know for the most part, uh, it's sort of, it is it's sort of very monologues, uh, but I am starting to, uh, reach out and, and do more do more interviews just because for myself, I've always been the type of person where, where I'm always trying to constantly learn about new something or learn about something new to expand what I know um, just because I don't like being very limited in, in anything that's out there. Um, and obviously is as long as much as they say it is knowledge is power is, is a very key point. Um, obviously ignorance is also bliss. And sometimes I really wish that, some of the things that that, that I that I knew or, or that I understood, I didn't didn't know. Um, especially with how everything is going on right now in the world, um, makes me makes me want to go go back 15 years ago before I got into all this. Um, but that's just sort of how how my podcast got set up and sort of where I'm at uh, now, and definitely still expanding upon that. Um, as well. Um, I know I mentioned it to you and then anybody that, that sort of follows me um, on, on Instagram, I know I was just welcomed into uh, the Rockfin community as well. So, so definitely um, trying to grow, grow myself and, and hopefully um, make this as a full-time gig instead of having to, to work something. Uh, you're not your typical nine to five job. Uh, that's sort of where I'm Maybe hopefully aiming to be. Um, I don't expect to be Joe Rogan overnight, but 
I think everybody that's a podcaster, I think that's one of the one of the big aims for everybody is, is to be Joe Rogan esque. But obviously, um, it is definitely a work in progress. Uh, so, so what about you, Shane? I know that um, that I saw saw you pop up on Instagram back a few months ago. I know you've been putting out some episodes. That definitely had had some guests on there as well. Um, so, so how, how did you uh, start your show? Um, I have a lot of similarities with you. Um, as I guess I kind of tell my story, you'll see how much we actually do have in common here. Um, but I was always that one that was kind of suppressed and didn't really get to talk a lot. And I had a lot of opinions that were getting suppressed and nobody wanted to hear me out. But it'd be one of those things, you know, like most conspiracy theories that you kind of connect patterns and you'll point stuff out and nobody wants to believe you. And then later on it pops up and everybody's like, oh, how did you guess that? So that's kind of like a roundabout way, I guess. I'm like part of the reason why I got started. But uh, there's a couple different like things that lined up in order for it all to happen. Like ironically, one of my buddies, uh, I write poetry and stuff like that. And I was kind of looking for a means to vent, I guess. And uh, he bought me a microphone, which is really enough the one I use right now. And uh, an editing program to make music on, which is also the program that I edit on. And um, <clears throat> all the pieces kind of fell together. I, I listened to podcasts for a long time. Uh, it was a matter of always wanting to learn something new every day. So even if I wasn't listening to podcasts, I do like audiobooks, lectures, uh, just random things about whatever topic just happened to interest me. Um, so I ended up messaging Mark from my family thinks I'm crazy and pretty much said uh, that I wanted to learn how to podcast and that I wanted to know if I could like pop on as like a co-host on a show or something like that. And then he ended up saying pretty much, if you want, I can just have you on as a guest instead in a couple of weeks. So as soon as that happened, uh, I kind of put the ball in motion and let's see, I started in April. So I'm about going on you know, probably about three months or so now. And uh, before I went on his show, I got my logo together. I got like three or four episodes down and I kind of just got the ball rolling. And I've never had that idea of like, this is going to be my limit or anything like that. Cause I'm one of those people that I feel like as soon as you start thinking that way, you kind of cap yourself. Even if you are looking into something broad, like I want to be this person one day, like it's good just to kind of like pave your own path along the way. So I went into this without really knowing what to expect. And I'm not really, I don't really have like an end game in mind. I'm just kind of doing what I do and enjoying it every minute of the way and finding a means to be able to express myself and be who I really am rather than being the person that gets quieted in my everyday life because nobody wants to hear the type of shit that I talk about or all my rants, of course, that I get into. Um, so it's just been building up since then. I ended up meeting Kyle Rainey from Big Dumb Podcast. We started a side show called Big Dumb Inquiries, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah, I've just been bouncing around. I, I usually, the way my show kind of works is that I'm... I kind of see myself as like a jack of all trades. So I am a very inquisitive person. And part of the reason when I was listening to these podcasts, I always had questions that I felt weren't always getting asked. So I started my show basically off the premise of I'm going to have these people come on that I want to have a conversation with and that I can learn off of. And I can just ask them all the weird questions that I felt they weren't necessarily getting asked. And it kind of started off with more of a structure, I guess, if you listen to like my first couple episodes. And after that, you can kind of see the show kind of took on its own personality in a sense where it kind of turned into this idea of I have somebody come on that not all the time do they have necessarily like a, a message that they're trying to portray, but they'll just come on and just be kind of in the same mindset, I guess you could say, as like the rest of this community, of course, like the very open minded kind of mindset. And uh, we'll start off with, you know, kind of getting to know each other. So anybody who listens to my show, it's pretty much like me getting to know my guests and then us getting into a deep conversation because of getting to know each other. And I never really know where they're going to end up from the beginning. 
because that's part of the fun of it is that I want to actually get to know my guests. I want to have an organic conversation and I want to learn along the way and maybe we can bounce ideas off of each other. And that's kind of where my show popped out to be. And I'm sure it'll change and critique a little bit as we go into the future, but I like where it's at. And I, I, w- I wouldn't change anything necessarily at this point. Like I have a lot of people that have said that they like the questions I ask. So I guess it kind of works out in my benefit. Um, I haven't really gotten into like the monologue things yet, kind of like you were saying, uh, just because I feel like I do have a lot to say, but I just, I'm very particular about making sure that I'm not saying the wrong information to anybody. Like if I get really going on something, I don't want to like throw in a wrong piece of information. Um, so I'm kind of, I've always kind of been like a reader also, but I'm trying to do a little bit more research. So I'm sure that as my show progresses, that'll be something that'll pop up more as some more deep dives. Cause like as far as my show goes with deep dives, I'll kind of notice that like a guest is getting onto something or they're trying to portray something. So I'll kind of ask more questions to dig at it, to get out what they're trying to say. So sometimes just because it's more of an organic conversation, um, there's a lot of different deeper topics that normally wouldn't get expressed, I feel, in like a an interview style type show. And that's kind of why I kind of leave it as not necessarily an interview, but an open conversation, almost like a I don't want to say conspiracies, but like an open-minded talk show. And that's kind of where my show has progressed to be. And that's kind of what I'm hoping that it can extend to be more so in the future. And maybe there'll be a little couple different side ventures that pop off, such as like I was saying, Big Dumb Inquiries. And uh, Kyle and I are planning to do another side show where it's kind of just supposed to be, but there's not really a name for it yet. But uh, the idea that we were talking about was pretty much that for all the people that are like listeners, uh, other podcasters that kind of have that red pill mentality going uh they can kind of come on and we can have this open conversation and express our i don't want to say annoyances but kind of annoyances of like having to deal with like sheeple type people um so it's just supposed to be like a like a means for people to express themselves so that the listeners will also not feel so alone because i know i was one of those people for a while before i started podcasting and found my community kind of like how you were saying that it's hard to find a community of like-minded people but as soon as you get into podcasting like you'd be surprised at, you know, the type of people that you'll end up talking to and becoming friends with. And I've definitely made some great friends along the way, but I guess that's kind of, kind of the wrap up as far as my show goes. Um, anybody that's interested again, the name is inquiries of our reality. If you're listening to this on the tales of reality, uh, stream, but like I said, I was saying earlier, the reality boys, <laughs> get a pop out for a swap cast. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I definitely understand that. I, I remember for me, like when I started getting big into this, like I, out of all the places where, where you would not think of it, I was a sophomore in college back in 2007, um, where I ended up taking, I, I had no idea, like I when I had set up the classes, that I was going to have the same teacher for both of them. And, and so my girlfriend at the time had mentioned something. and And I remember like back then, like, I had, a, I had an intro for philosophy class, which sort of turned more into like a Eastern philosophy. I, I, I wouldn't even necessarily call it religion, just because I know for myself, like like when I when I when I dived into that portion, um, it's more of like a philosophy, and it really turned more into like a Buddhist class than anything, as far as Buddhist teachings, um, and then an ethics for for professions class, which literally turned into a conspiracy theory class of, <laughs> of all things um, with the, how it, with how it broke down. But, but I remember like for myself, like, like back at that time, like it was still like very taboo 
talking about certain things because I was just still like a few years like after 9-11 and obviously sort of around that time you started having like the the rumblings of people talking about it um still pretty taboo depending on what you're talking about any of the virtue signaling type topics like that's some unstable ground as soon as you touch that you're gonna have some people get pissed off at you (laughs) yeah and I remember like like right around that time, I think me and my girlfriend, we had just come home um, for, for meeting dinner. It was right after, right after the first of the year. And I remember my brother was like, hey, it was my brother and my friend were sitting on our computers like, hey, I was told we needed to watch this movie. Um, you should come over here and watch it. And, and I want to say it was Loose Change. I'm not 100% sure um, what movie it was. Um, but I remember like I sat down and I'm like, this is, this is very interesting. Um, but I but I remember like talking to some people about like some of the like various conspiracy theory topics that I had at that time as far as like New World Order stuff, um, 9-11, like it was still like, like I said, it was very, very taboo um, where I remember I got in trouble at a job that I was working at um, <laughs> with some of the stuff that, that I was talking about that sort <laughs> of made me um, become very quiet on everything. And then I've been there too, man. (laughs) Yeah. And for years, like I never talked about anything. And then um, it was honestly at at one of my last jobs that I had, um, there's a couple of people that that, that I became friends with. And it was interesting where I can't remember how it even got brought up, but but some of them like knew that, that I that, that I was into some of this stuff and and it was just one of those things where some of them would just sit there granted I'm pretty sure some of them were just sitting there just to um entertain me for the best of the best of uh, words that I can think of where they just sort of like okay you're gonna talk we'll, we'll sort of listen to you um with that but but it was very interesting where where like people were not necessarily open. I did have some people that were open to it, but then like I started getting into listening to podcasts right around the same time. I think it was like back in 2017 and um, where I was just on Spotify and it was just, I think I was, I think it's a alien theorist theorizing was like one of the first podcasts that I came across where it was like very open with this. And then obviously I went down the, the higher side chats because they had Greg on one of their episodes and it's, and it's been very, very mind-opening um, to, to see how far this sort of, these taboo ideas that people wouldn't talk about 20, 30 years ago, they're, they're almost full front. And obviously, we're sort of seeing that happen now. Um, and I know I've mentioned this in like some of my other podcasts um, with, with some of my guests where, where it seems like everybody is sort of having this sort of great awakening, if you want to call it, um, or just becoming more mindful um, of the things that are going around, especially with like the, the, the political atmosphere that we got going on. And obviously we got the, the, the multitude of crises, crises that are, that are happening. Um, and I know before we, we were, we started this, I know you said you, you, you had some kids um, and, and that was one of the things I wanted to explore a little bit with you uh, as sort of how this is sort of sort of impacting uh, yourself as far as when we're looking at 
I like the the biggest one that obviously I think we're we're about ready to get hit with is sort of the the food shortage and or like the baby formula shortage. <laughs> Say like starting from like the beginning of it, uh, one of the first things that I have noticed as far as like kids go that I always like to bring up on shows just so people are aware of this kind of thing. Um, I guess start like I said, starting back at the beginning before the the food shortage stuff even started happening. Um, as far as like COVID and all that kind of stuff goes, uh, the whole like pushing of the masks, for example, uh, one of the issues with that that I've always noticed is that there's a lot of kids that are trying to develop their patterns of speech and learning how to talk. And it's kind of hard to learn that without watching somebody's lip movement. So these kids are already getting raised in a world where they've been dealing with people wearing masks for three years. So it's become normal to them where like, I will go pick up my nephew from school and like all these kids are still wearing masks because they're just so used to it now that it's caused a problem where it's like people are afraid to have contact with each other. And because of that, you're starting to see things where, again, people can't communicate as well because they're not used to seeing people's lips move. You can't see expressions as well. Um, and then another huge thing, too, that, you know, I always like to bring this up on my, my shows because it's something I always like to expose is like the, the sex trafficking rings, too. Um, there's like a secondary part with the masks that people don't take into consideration. And it's part of the reason why I will never have my kid wear a mask in the store um, is because it's really easy to basically put a piece of tape over a kid's mouth, make them put their, put a mask on and then put a different color hoodie on them. And you can almost disguise somebody's kid, like a totally different kid and then just push them out of the store. And I feel like that's part of the reason why the masks are getting so put, pushed so hard, especially for kids where in the, like, I don't know, probably like six months ago when they're kind of having like the whole mask thing happening more so with schools. Um, it'd be like you'd see pictures and none of the teachers would be wearing masks, but all the kids would be wearing masks. So I always wonder about secret agendas as far as that goes, because everybody in this community knows how far the whole elites, higher ups go with the whole pedophilia type idea. So you're just making it easier for them by having your kid masked up where you can't see their face half the time. And then as we progress through all this COVID stuff, uh, and they're trying to like normalize the whole idea of the shots, which I'm completely against just for the aspect of even if it's good or bad for you, um, I don't want to be told what I have to put in my body because I feel like that's one of those freedoms that they're trying to pull away from people very slowly. And if everybody just falls into it and doesn't realize that they gave up that freedom, then it's not going to be a thing. It's almost like traveling after 9-11. Like nobody realized that they pretty much gave up all rights that you have when you go onto a plane where they can completely cavity search you do everything and everybody kind of got tricked into it being like oh it's for your safety same with the mask and the vaccine they're saying oh it's for your safety do it for your neighbors do it for this when realistically it's getting pushed so that like who, who knows what might come in the future with this whole monkeypox bullshit that's popping up like there could be even more different types of things they're just trying to experiment and put in our body or two it could be another ploy uh, where they're trying to put the same vaccine in because this vaccine was never intended to be a vaccine it's intended to be something else completely where it's more of like an experimental test on, you know, whatever they're trying to figure out. Um, even just making people more socially awkward and making it so people are harder to interact with each other. It can kind of push into that new kind of weird future where people just spend their day at home. They go on like the metaverse and that's how they communicate with people. But then kind of fast forwarding a little bit, I have a um, six month old son and we got to deal with all this bullshit fake food shortages uh, where they're closing down all these facilities not necessarily because anything's wrong, but they're just making it look like, oh, this, there's an issue here. There's an issue here. Shut down the whole facility. Do this, do that. And uh, I've heard that they're sending a bunch of baby food to the Ukraine to try to help, you know, like babies in Ukraine. But it all comes back to the same shit that we always have an issue with in America is that it seems like they're so preoccupied with trying to do shit in other countries that they forget about their people here. 
and you know we all got to deal with it and i feel like it's one of those things too where if you start pulling away food and you do it in a short rate where everybody kind of like it's not drastic everybody freaks out right away but you slowly taper down the food supply and it'll be one of those things where everybody will comply in order to get food and i feel like that's kind of the end game they're working towards like call me a crazy conspiracy theorist but i try to keep the worst case scenario in mind so that i can try to push against that and i you know, have my podcast, for example, so I can express these opinions because these are the exact types of opinions that you can't be saying out in the normal world. Otherwise, you know, people will get seriously offended with you. And I mean, I do try to say these opinions when I can. And podcasting has definitely made me a lot more confident in doing so and standing up for like the things I believe in rather than I don't want to say falling into the crowd. Not that I've ever fully been that type of person. But um, as far as you, like how, how much has it affected your life um, with all the different stuff going on? So, so one of the, one of the things that, that, that I would definitely say is I wouldn't say it hasn't impacted as much. Obviously, I personally, I don't have kids. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, that it's by choice. Like I've, I, I want kids. I just right now just really isn't in the, in the picture. Um, but, but it's, but it makes me wonder, like, for me, like if I did have a kid, like, like the stuff that, that that I would be going through, like with with all the, um, with all the shit. So sorry about cussing. <laughs> no, I swear on my uh, channel. So hopefully I didn't swear too much already. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like full freedom of speech as far as that goes. Like I'll drop it. Um, <laughs> but 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 it but it makes me wonder, like like having a kid in this climate, and it's like with the food shortages. Like I really haven't noticed too much. I, I sort of. Uh, I, I do live with people, but I sort of, it's, I, I sort of live on my own at the same time. And so like when, when I buy stuff, I'm, I'm typically just buying it for myself. So I'm not going to the grocery store and buying for four or five or six people. Cause obviously I know, like I've listened to, to tons of podcasts, tons of YouTubers where, where they talk about going to the grocery store and they're filling up a cart and, and it's a thousand dollars, which like I've been to the grocery store here recently and I don't even fill it up a quarter of the way, but I'm getting stuff like, like water, some, some chicken, some steak, um, things of that nature. And it's like, I, I walk away with a handful of bags and it's a hundred dollars. And I'm like, I remember when I was a kid going to the grocery store with my mom, we'd go to two different stores, have two full carts and it'd be like 300 bucks. And we'd have food that would last us two weeks. And then now it, it's completely changed. Not to interject, um, but what state do you live in? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I live in Indiana. Oh, Indiana. You're not too far from me. I'm in Michigan. I was curious Michigan. if like, the demographic, it kind of changed where there's a lot more of an issue in certain areas or not, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. you can oh, that's all right. Um, so yeah, so I really haven't noticed a whole lot. Now, granted, I have been, there's been a few times over the last few months when I've gone to a couple of, of the grocery stores here where it seems like they've been rather low, especially on the meat side, uh, uh, which which I go one day and there's nothing. And then I go the next day and, and then they have food. So say I really haven't seen like a big, huge issue um, as of late, but, but obviously I know gas here, which I didn't even realize it got over to over $5. Like I remember yesterday, I, I think I, 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 after I went to the gym, I ended up going for a walk and, and like, I saw the gas at like one place was 49. Another place was five ninety nine. Um, and then today when I was at work, I, a couple people were talking about it, like being five, five twenty nine. I'm like, that is a huge jump in, in just, 
in just a day. And I thought Michigan um, was bad. We went from 497 to 539 overnight. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's just the beginning. And I know I was talking a little bit about this in my last episode. And and it seems like everything that's sort of been, that's been happening, like with all these crises, crises that we've been experiencing, it does sort of tip your hand to, to, uh, to it being very purposeful is, is the best way to put it. Uh, I, I think like, if you look at everything, like if you're just looking like at one thing, it, it could potentially sort of look at it as it's just, it's just a random thing. It's just a coincidence. But when we start looking at all these things, especially going back to, to COVID, we look at the lockdowns. We, we literally halted, our economy in a lot of places for for a couple of months, especially on the production side, and a lot of people like don't realize that that when you halt everything, like like it's it's very detrimental to uh, to the economy. And we saw a little bit of that, um, especially like with chip shortages and things like that early on. Obviously, most people probably remember uh, hand sanitizer, cleaning supplies, and and toilet paper uh, being very scarce in, in the early portions. Uh, of covid um but but we sort of I, I think for me like that's obviously i think anybody would agree that's sort of where we're like a lot of this a lot of these shortages started originating from and then obviously um we fast forward a couple of couple of years now and and we got the whole war going on in ukraine and russia where this is something that i honestly i didn't know i was listening uh to uh to Tim Poole on YouTube and, and one of the news articles that he was talking about um, was talking about the amount of fertilizer that Russia import or exports. I guess they're, they're like the leading exporter and fertilizer where they basically stopped their exportation of it. Um, so obviously we haven't seen what that's going to look like yet here in the U S but already a lot of farmers are preparing that that their harvest is going to be well under what it's what it should be. I've been hearing too um, that they've been telling farmers to basically burn their crop so that they can like claim it pretty much and still get paid for the season. But that's another thing that it's like an intentional ploy to try to destroy extra food that we need, of yeah. course, you know? Um, but like we have that going on. Um, obviously last year, Bill Gates went out and bought like 60% of farmland, which is just very, very interesting in and of itself, the same person that's sitting there telling us that we should eat fake meat. Also um, kind of funny, too, with him that I wanted to point out before you continue. Uh, he was also known for going in in the 90s and basically buying up software companies and destroying them from the inside or pretty much making them part of his bigger company. So just knowing his track record on how he does business, that scares me that that guy who's always part of like Agenda 21 or what is it, Agenda He's been a part of Agenda 20, Agenda 2030, and then he also did um, and then the event, whole just... event 201 back in 2019 as well. Yep, and then his whole eating bugs thing, like, I don't know, just it's it, that's another one of those things that it's like, oh, it's just something to look over, but it's really not, just knowing the mentality of that guy. <laughs> yep, it, it is definitely interesting, and then I know just recently, I don't know if he acquired or if he was investing, but but he basically... Um, we'll say investing for, for, for lack of better terms into a, um, alternative like baby formula 
company as well. I, I, I don't know the exact nature of it, but it's hmm, like the guy right trying around to push the vaccines is trying to get rid of baby formula to try to make his own baby formula. That kind of yeah. weirds me out. Like, what if there's the same kind of stuff they're putting in the vaccines in that baby formula now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like we have that. And then the other thing, which which I found interesting that somebody brought up uh, on YouTube, which YouTube is very interesting in and of itself. It seems like they're starting to get more lax again, but at the same time that they still do a lot of shadow banning. Um, where... That kind of worries me where they purposely will try to like let the information slide that isn't honest and then try to hide the honest stuff so that they seem like they're kind of letting stuff slide and then conspiracy theorists will kind of follow the, these certain paths. Yeah. Part of a, a ploy, of course, too. Yeah. And I remember like there was one person on there that was talking about, and this was just maybe a couple of months ago where in the span of a few months, there was like 15 or 16 uh, like food processing plants that had um, either fires or, um, or shut down. Um, And I think I know when I was looking at it the other day, I think there's been like 20, either 20 or 25, um, food processing plants uh, and uh, fertilizer plants here in the U.S. that that have basically caught on fire and have shut down. There's been a few of them where airplanes mysteriously dropped out of the sky and and landed on them, which in and of itself is, <laughs> is very interesting. Flew too for a bunch of chicken facilities too, and they shut down a bunch of chicken facilities. Yep, I heard that. I know that they, I think the day they were calling, I think over a million chickens. So it's like we have all these like small things that are happening with our food supplies that obviously you're never going to see the, the impacts of it right away. Um, but but to, distracting but, people with, the, you know, like Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial, yeah. for example, all this shit's going on at the same time as that. And where's everybody's attention? It's like that magician sleight of hand trick that these, these elites are always trying to pull on everybody. Yep, I definitely agree. And then now you, you look at the gas price that we were just talking about, and it's just, it's one thing after another. And it's just like, it, it's, it's a very, very scary situation that, that we are like sort of walking ourselves. I wouldn't say walking, we're sort of being led down this path uh, of, of basically our, our total and utter destruction. Um, not to mention the our borders being complete, completely wide open with, with migration coming across in, in record numbers. And that also and goes into the whole sex trafficking thing I was telling you, because there's a bunch of sex trafficking that goes on from the cartels. So tell me why the borders open between a country that's known for sex trafficking and a bunch of elites slash politicians who are known for being involved in sex trafficking. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's also something like a lot of people don't, don't realize. Um, I, I know that was something that, that I've heard plenty of people talk about. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, especially if you go down like the, the esoteric path with, with like the whole kid stuff um, with the genochrome. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's pictured with a bunch of celebrities, like having the, what is it? Uh, crap. I can't think of what they call it. It's like body, body something i can't think of the name of it off the top of my head i know i've seen it pop up here and there um but but it but but we we inevitably are being led down a very very bad path and you're talking about like the soul cooking thing or the soul cooking yep that is exactly what i'm thinking of (laughs) um which 
would make a whole lot of sense, especially if you're trafficking kids. And that's one of the things that, that, that you sort of get into with that. Um, but it's it just, it, it's very crazy times that, that, that we're living in. And, and to think like just five years ago, like a lot of this stuff really wasn't on the, the forefront of anybody's mind. And then now, even New World here. Order, that was a conspiracy yeah. term. And now you hear him say it on public TV, like it's no thing now. No, yeah. Um, I know was it Joe Biden just mentioned it in one of his um, uh, press conferences. Um, I know that uh, asked George Hillary, Bush. I'll say they asked Hillary Clinton a question about it, too. And she tried to avoid reusing that same terminology, New World Order. But she was just calling it like the group or something like that, too, in a recent interview. <laughs> Um, I think Bill Clinton's talked about it. Um, I think he's mentioned it a few times when he was in office. Um, and then obviously you go back to, to George Bush senior when he was in office, when he, the first time he actually called for a new world order was 10 years before nine 11 to the date. Um, and I, and I think, um, from what somebody said, like throughout his presidency, like he said it close to a hundred times, if not over a hundred times. And yet people want to sit here and call people like us or other people <laughs> conspiracy theories, but yet they're sitting there calling board out in the open um, with that. So, so it's just, it's, it's a very, very scary path. Like I said, that, that we're sort of being led to. And I think we're, I think we're beyond the tipping point at this, at this point. I, I don't think that there's much we can sort of do to sort of stop the, the dam from breaking. I, I think that the cracks already there and it's going to flood. I mean, it's, it's kind of needed in a sense too. Um, I know this sounds kind of like a messed up concept, but I feel like the world's kind of at like a point where it's splitting in the sense of like when everything went down, um, it's kind of one of those things that I feel like if you didn't feel like something was off that you're never going to wake up to it and you're just kind of going to go the rest of your life just kind of living in la-la land, you know, the whole ignorance is bliss kind of concept. Um, but it's making a split where it's like you have all the like podcaster type community where we're talking about trying to like move out to the country, trying to get away from everything, trying to learn how to self-sustain. Um, even like I live close to the city and I got chickens in my backyard. Um, and then the other side of of society is the ones that are like, super into politics, left or right side, um, you know, super into the whole virtue signaling concept, whatever the new thing is, they just hop on that and they find like safety within that for some reason. And they feel good and virtuous that they can like yell at somebody for not wearing a mask or for having an issue with anything that involves anybody that's trans for any issue. Um, even if it's something that's like them trying to teach your kids at a very young age about their sexuality when they, there's no need for that. Cause kids aren't even understanding what they have going on yet. And they're trying to tell us now that like three-year-olds can say that I feel like I'm a girl, so I should become a girl. But I always like to point out, you have to be 21 to get a tattoo or to, uh, to drink, to smoke, at least in my state. And then you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, but you know, you can completely change your gender uh, at a very young age, but you can't do those things at that point, just unleash the floodgate. Just, you know, if you can alter your body completely on a, on a very drastic level, there's no reason why you can't tell like a six-year-old that they can get a tattoo <laughs> at that point, you know, but, uh, oh, yeah. now, now that the floodgates have been open, it's kind of one of those things too, where I feel like they are aware of the fact that most, I don't want to say most, cause I guess I don't really know what the demographic is, but a lot of people are awaking to these concepts. And that's why like, there's a big burst in these types of podcasts. 
So they're kind of just like throwing everything out now as fast as they can, because they know that if they don't do it now, that it's never going to happen because everybody's going to start catching on to everything else. So they're trying to just hit you left and right. So you can't put two and two together and you just have to keep pushing through the shit. But in the end, I feel like there's going to be a split between all these people that start living in small communities again out in the middle of the woods and type shit. And then the people are going to be living in the city and they're going to be like, you go up to your work and they're like, let me see your vaccine card scan. Oh, you want to buy some food? Let me see your card scan. You're going to start doing, you know, like the social credit score type concept. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, and obviously like, like if anybody knows about the whole social credit system, like, I mean, you look to China and, and it is completely cor- corrupt and foul very fallible where you can basically if you if you do the wrong thing one day like you can't go in and, and drive your car the next like it's like it's getting really insane uh when you have that and it definitely seems like that's the the big push that they're trying to to bring here obviously i, I think they, they they tried to implement it like in a lot of your in, in your democratic cities, especially like New York, they tried to implement it. I, I don't know if they, if they got very far in, in LA or Chicago, um, but I know New York, there was a big push with them using the, um, I can't remember the app that they, that they were using, but basically that I, I, they all but came out and admitted that, that they, that they originally said it was going to be used as a vaccine passport. And then they, they admitted that it was going to start tracking other personal information as well um but again it sort of makes the, the, that conspiracy theory people so start to like look a little bit more more saner or, or more in the know because this is the same type of stuff that, that they were talking that a lot of us were talking about 10 15 years ago like when people were talking about like microchipping and microchips doing the the exact same thing um just we have that now with elon musk thing. going into the neural link and then part of that, too, that I wanted to comment off of one thing you said as far as like the driving thing goes, that's why I feel like part of the reason why gas is so expensive right now is because they're pushing people to electric cars. Because theoretically, if they push the whole concept of you're only allowed to do certain things, if you do certain things for us, like the social credit score, they could easily go, all right, you didn't obey us today. You can't drive today because you have an electric car and your car has been turned off now. So I feel like that's that's part of the whole push for this, like why gas is raising is they're trying to make electric cars something that everybody's like, oh yeah, let's get that. And they're trying to make Elon Musk look like a hero. And I think secretly that dude's a super genius or is a um, <laughs> evil genius, not a super genius, but an evil genius. And that's why his cars also connect with the whole Neuralink thing. Cause even the Neuralink, like say you don't obey the, something the government says, you don't get your updated vaccine, whatever. Like they could purposely bug your system where you have to get it in order to function properly or say, oh, you need to get the upgrade, but you can't get the upgrade unless you get your vaccine. So just having that option to connect to the internet with your body kind of opens up a whole new horrifying doorway. Um, even as far as like trapping consciousness, I guess is another theoretical possibility because there's either one or two things that will happen. It'll either be one that it makes a copy of people's consciousness, depending on like who they are. So it wouldn't actually be them. It would just be a copy that would make people around them feel better. Or two, it might be a theoretical way to actually trap consciousness, which would go into a whole other thing where you wouldn't necessarily see death. And they try to make that seem like a positive thing. But realistically, then they can control your entire reality because your consciousness is within a computer program. No, yeah. Uh, Like for me, like Elon Musk, I I go very back and forth with with him. Like, like he's like, like, I I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, like with the amount of money that, that that he has, like like there's no way he's not a part of of that inner circle. 
Um, they have to yeah, have one likable guy so that everybody will follow him. Yeah. If Bill Gates was trying to do the same shit. Nobody would be going for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I know like the whole Neuralink thing, like when he came out with that, like that in and of itself sounds very MK ultra mind control on an entirely new level. And because when you, when you think about it, like our bodies are, are just a big giant, it's a big giant computer for, for the, for the most part with, with the, with the electricity, our brains, our nerves, our neurons and everything. And when you implant something like a microchip in it, Say people know how to hack shit. It's just a matter of time before people start being able to fuck with your personal body because it's attached to something like that. Yep. And I know that there was a, um, I don't know how recent it was. I want to say it was in the last couple of years where um, one of Klaus Schwab's, Klaus Schwab, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, right-hand people was at a conference that he was doing for the World Economic Forum where he was talking about um, like the last great, um, I'm not going to say adventure, um, but feet, um, I, I can't remember the exact wording that he used, but, but basically the next, next step in evolution for humans is to hack our DNA and, and to make humans hackable, which if you put a microchip into somebody and, and a lot of people don't think, I mean, Technology in and of itself, I think it, it is good, uh, but it's also very dependent upon who's controlling it. It's a double when you have, uh, yeah, but when you have these people that are that are constantly talking about depopulation agendas and, and hurting people and sterilizing people and, and all these other very atrocious things that they've sort of um, just changed the name on over the last hundred years, like. Like these are the same people that are pushing these technologies that that makes you wonder like if they, if they do have the capability, all they have to do is just hit a button or flip a switch and and they can literally turn your body on itself or turn your mind on itself. That could be part um, of the five G tower thing too. Is that you know it might be a build up to the whole Neuralink concept. Yeah, and. And I know that's sort of like, that is the big thing that they're sort of heading down with that is sort of trying to merge us into that, that, that blending of humans and technology, which is Klaus Schwab's uh, big push is the fourth industrial revolution with that. Um, Yeah, you'll be happy to know nothing while he's sitting up in his giant mansion with everything he could possibly imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Church are trying to get us to blend into this, and and it makes you wonder. Again, like you said, like like there's a big push uh, on the Neuralink stuff. There's a big push on on the metaverse coming from Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, um, and and I have a lot of lot of serious questions and a lot of doubts about whether or not that is that is actually going to empower and better and be for the betterment of humans <laughs> as a society uh, coming from these people that are that are talking about trying to kill us off uh, in mass droves. Yeah, they're going to be feeding us through feeding tubes, but we're going to be doing it through VR with smell-o-vision. So, you know, we'll think we're eating a steak dinner, but we're actually eating a tube full of gray sludge. <laughs> be like something from a sci-fi movie. Everybody will spend their whole day in, uh, inside of a VR reality. Like, uh, shit, what's the name of that movie? Uh, I think it has Bruce Willis in it. Where pretty much people don't leave their house, and they Targets. have like, oh, was that what? It, yeah, where they yeah. have like the robot, not robots, but like the fake bodies that leave their house. So if anybody dies, they don't really die, and they don't really ever go into the real world. 
Yep. And if you get into the whole concept of, you know, you'll be happy and own nothing. Think about how easy it can make universal income because then, you know, you're not taking any any skin off anybody's teeth as far as like goods or products because how easy is it to make 30 replicas of one digital product? The only thing yeah. we would really need is just, again, a fucking food tube giving you great, great shit through a tube that you think is actually good food. <laughs> um, sounds very much like the Matrix <laughs> um, in and of itself with them just sitting in incubators just with tubes connected to them getting fed nutrients to, to just be power supplies for for the robots. <laughs> That's like the, the steak scene where he's saying, I know it's not real. And I know that I'm not really enjoying this, but I like the idea that I'm at least enjoying it because it feels like it's real. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and again, like like we we see movies like this, um, and and I've always been a big proponent of it. Is that there's always like, especially when you get a big push. Now, now I do think that there are some people in Hollywood that, that sort of try to push back against the narrative and try to leak out information when they can, like, like case in point, Stanley Kubrick, um, which if anybody has never seen the movie, eyes wide, eyes wide shut. That's the name of it. Um, I would wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly recommend it. Obviously it stars um, Tom Cruise and everybody knows he's in, into Scientology and the other crazy stuff he might be into, but even, uh, Clockwork Orange is all about like MK yep. Ultra type stuff too. So it's like you can almost pick any one of his movies and you can find yeah. crazy amounts of symbolism through the entire film. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, people like that. Obviously, the the Wachowskis are, are a little little interesting. Obviously, with them uh, going through their own um, transitioning, going from from men to women here recently. But even like the first Matrix was very groundbreaking in the ideas that it has. But but it, it seems like they are just constantly trying to desensitize us to this information before it comes out. Because when they finally do show their hand, um, like we are, we already know it. So we're not as impacted by it. Um, and I know I've heard a few people talk about it on various podcasts as well. Um, where if you get into like more of the, the esoteric, more of the occult side of things, um, that they almost have to do that in order for, if you want to call it their illusion, their 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 magic, or whatever you want to call it, to take effect. Like, yeah, you have to tell somebody what you're going to do, otherwise it comes back on you, kind of a thing. So they hide what they're going to do within symbolism, so that nothing comes back on them. Because as far as they're concerned, like they've warned you, and they yeah. are telling you what they're going to do to you. So there's no bad repercussions that come back on them. That's kind of how they view it. Yeah, and then that's the one thing that I've been trying to wrap my hand head around. Obviously, it's more like the occult stuff on that end is like why they do it. Because I know for me personally, um, if I if I was in their position, like I wouldn't be telling people what I'm going to be doing. I, I would try to make them as as oblivious to, to the plan as possible. But that's why but they got to hide it so well within yeah. them. The people will watch a movie and not even realize anything that they're showing them. <laughs> um, like. But, but yeah, it just fascinates me uh, with that. And obviously there's been a, a very big push, like when we look at our media into like, like the tra transhumanism movement, um, when you have movies like, like surrogates that came out, um, I know um, the other movie is selfless. I know we were talking a little bit about that earlier, about trying to transfer consciousness with the elites mm -hmm. um, that came out a few years ago. Um, and obviously like the other big push, like we saw, um, which a lot of people don't really think about is like the whole big zombie push back about 10 years ago, like with the walking dead. 
and we're starting to see see some of that happen in real life now with with people just sort of going through life without really having a purpose and being very very zombie like mentality to say the least could it be a metaphor for zombie where you know instead of saying that people are going to turn into actual zombies they're acting like zombies because realistically they are and i'm sure that's probably trying to kind of endorse the whole idea of like crowd mentality too because they want people to have that crowd mentality concept and just kind of be along with the crowd which is kind of the whole premise of like a whole zombie movie in a sense you know just yeah. an idea too that kind of popped in my head as far as like the fruit shortages go like if they're trying to get people into like the metaverse or into Neuralink, for example like a good way to get people to do that would be to make it so it looks like there's no food start giving people some nasty shit like i was saying like the gray sludge and then go hey if you do this VR thing or if you do this or if you get this Nero chip, like we can make it taste better and think about how many people aren't going to like put all those pieces together and they're going to go, yeah, this tastes like fucking trash. Like put that thing in the back of my neck. No problem. If I can make the food taste better, it's worth it. It's almost like that. Again, that dude from the matrix where he's like, he's aware that it, it's false, but he'd rather enjoy it and know that it's false than not enjoy it at all. <laughs> yeah. And that just goes to show how, how strong our our mind and our consciousness is at, at, at being able to to make something completely unreal be real in and of itself. Um, it, when, when when you look at stuff like that, being able to trick the brain into thinking that that something actually tastes good when in, in all reality um, it isn't. Um, but that is one thing I, I know that that I thought about with it as well is that. A lot of these things, it does seem to, to sort of make that push into the whole Neuralink metaverse, because obviously if, if people can't eat or like you said, if, if they are sort of being force fed, like I'm not going to say unsanitary, but 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 unsavory. You say um, bugs. That's the, that's the push. It seems to be lately is they're trying to feed us bugs, <laughs> bugs and 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 the impossible meat or beyond meat whatever that may be out of i, I honestly i wouldn't put it beyond anything that and soy um, of course because they want to de they want to demasculate what's what's the word i'm looking for they, they want to make the men less less masculine so they try to push a lot of soy because soy yeah. has estrogen in it and then it starts causing you know issues in men if they eat high amounts of soy yeah um i i wouldn't honestly even put it past it that that it, that it contains humans either um, especially that's already uh, a thing for fast food. Like that happens frequently. Yeah. Like, they'll find scraps of like human meat inside of that. Even if it's just like a finger, like it's still there. Shit. And <laughs> uh, like, like, like that's something like, obviously like we were mentioning earlier, like the, 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 the soul, the soul cooking, yep, soul right? Cooking. Like when, like when, like when they do that, it's based granite. Again, I wouldn't put it past if they're actually consuming humans, because obviously, if you go down the adrenochrome path, they're consuming um, bodily fluid and so they from say humans, it's for like, art, but the bodies look pretty damn real, in my opinion, from all yeah. the photos I've seen. <laughs> and like, like it wouldn't put it past me that they're that they're doing that. And obviously, if you go back through 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 times, like cannibalism does exist. There are some. Um, I wouldn't just say religions, um, cults potentially. Uh, and when you start getting more into like the, the occultism and the esotericism, where obviously a lot of people would consume human flesh as a means to, to stay young um, or to potentially take on 
and attributes of the person that they ate. So, I mean, it, it like, it would have put it past me that that's what they're trying to push as well. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. It almost reminds me of the whole, uh, I don't know if you've been into it recently. I heard about it, but the whole like first skinwalker being Nimrod and it was like a whole different concept where they pretty much would like wear the skin and it would make people become, make them become like beast like, um, I mean, that kind of kind of plays into it, too, that if they're looking to make it so that everybody's freaking out and everybody's worried and everybody's like, where are we going to get our next food source from? If you add that consumption of the same type of flesh that you are into the mix, it'll just increase that insanity that they're trying to push for. And then at that point, too, it almost kind of makes it easier for them to take control over the situation because when you have people freaking out, a lot of people are going to be pro like, yeah, let's let the government take control and, you know, usher in like something, I don't want to say like martial law, but it'd be beyond martial law at that point where they could pretty much deal with the problem however they see fit. So it kind of just pushes into that whole agenda of things too. Um, as far as, yeah, just trying to trying to make everybody that whole crowd mentality like we we're talking about a little bit earlier with the whole zombie thing too, just kind of ushers in that whole concept. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I would agree. Um, it's, it's definitely, I know like from some of the stuff that, that I've come across and granted it's been a long time and, and, and obviously like if they are sort of setting up like that, that food shortage, which I, at this point it, it's, it's going to happen. Um, Clearly I, I don't set think, up too, even with the fertilizer uh, thing popping up. Um, I, I don't think there's any way around it um, with that. And obviously like, like I mentioned, the, we have soaring gas prices, diesel shortage coming up. So, so food shortages are going to happen. But, but, but if we say go down this rabbit hole of, of the consumption of, of human flesh, like if they are putting that into some of this meat um, and, and making people consume it, and it's just another way to sort of make people appear more appetizing um, to, to eat, this is the best way to, to put it there. They normalize um, that in a lot of movies too. That's another thing. Yeah. Um, because I know, like, there are some theories out there that, that basically, obviously, consuming human flesh in and of itself isn't isn't good whatsoever. Obviously, there are stories out there where people, like, when they've been stranded in the wilderness or whatever the case may be, like, like as a last resort, that's what they've resorted to. Um, but but I've also heard of other stuff is like once you sort of get a get a taste for it to, to, to a certain extent. Um, like your body will, will crave it almost, almost like an addiction. Um, and then obviously if, if people get really desperate uh, and especially people have been consuming this stuff, um, neighbors potentially could become, could look very, very appetizing to some people, especially if food is no longer available in marketplaces which again goes into their whole agenda with, with depopulation. Cause obviously if they don't have to get their hands mm -hmm. dirty, they're going to try to find a way to do that. So, and if you go into the whole occult aspect of it too, I'm sure that in just about any religion you look into consuming human flesh, I'm sure is viewed as a sin. So I'm sure it's another idea where it's kind of like meant to pull away from like the whole spiritual aspect of things and bring you more into like their, their realm and method of thinking so there's there's a million different things that could go into the whole consuming of flesh. Um, even like you were saying, the whole aspect of just neighbors turning against neighbors because everybody's hungry. And if they start to normalize that, like I can name like six movies offhand 
where people eat other people as like, oh, it's a last resort. It's like almost seems again like they're kind of gearing stuff up to getting people to think that way, especially with these food shortages things. Like maybe they want people to do that intentionally because maybe they were trying to use COVID as a population control and it didn't work. So now their new method of trying to do population controls make people so hungry that they'll start eating each other. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, uh, but, but obviously uh, we probably won't know here for here for a few more months. And, and, and I mean, even like with the whole COVID thing, like with the depopulation agenda with that, like we still like, obviously if, if anybody, I don't assume anybody that listens to, to, to our shows or even shows like this, have probably come out and seen like the reports of like all the adverse reactions to everything. And it's like, even that we still don't know, like the full, full effects of what, what the vaccines are even going to, to do to the human body. Um, I know here, like right before we hopped on um, and sorry, sorry to jump topic. I know we, you mentioned that. No, no, no. We're getting conversation. That's usually how it goes. (laughs) where where somebody posted i guess um there's a an uptick and i guess there's a i, I don't know if, if it's if it's a school or, or somebody somewhere or so some medical research group is looking into uh sads which is sudden adult uh death syndrome um because now they're starting to see links between that and and the COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah, sudden um, death syndrome. It's not just the vaccine to begin with. They got to call it something totally different. So it seems like it's unrelated to the vaccine, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and and a lot of people overlooked like the the hundreds of, of peak soccer players in, in Europe just sort of dropping either dead or having heart issues over the last year. Um, and I didn't realize like how much like these teams put into the health of their players. Like I definitely knew that they prioritized it, but I didn't realize, like I was listening to a podcast like months ago and where somebody on there was talking about it, about how like, like they, like, like when they, like when these teams have their athletes, they basically are constantly monitoring their health. And like one of the biggest things is the heart um, cause obviously if, if anybody follows like the NBA here in the U S like you look at the whole Chris Bosch thing that happened back a few years ago when he had blood clots in his lungs, like once he got those, like no team wanted to take the chance on him. And I know there was another, um, basketball player in the mid two thousands where they ended up doing a DNA test. I can't remember for what, like something happened. He got injured or something. Um, they found out that, that he had a, a predisposition for some rare heart disease that basically the team was like, nah, we're not taking this chance, cut him, and he never played again. Um, but like the amount that they invest into these athletes and and yet they're perfectly healthy at the beginning of the season. And then a few months into it, after they're sort of all forced to take this uh, experimental procedure, they're all sort of dropping down with, with multitude of, of heart issues. See, I wouldn't even want to risk taking that thing, just considering the fact that I, from what the symptoms are for COVID and what I've heard of just from personal record of not even just stuff off the internet, but talking to people personally, um, I've talked to people on all sides of it. People that have had COVID, people that have gotten COVID after getting the vaccine, people who have got, just gotten the vaccine. And it seems like the side effects from the vaccine are way worse than actual COVID itself, where 
a lot of the people that, you know, of course, like there's like the certain demographics that have more of an issue, uh, like people that already have previous health issues, uh, like elderly people. But as far as being like a young, healthier person, um, they say pretty much that vac- or getting COVID feels almost like the flu. Um, you feel like shit for a week, it goes away, you're fine. But everybody I know that have gotten the vaccine, well, there's been a few that have still gotten COVID, but people have just gotten the vaccine. They say that they've had issues with smell, taste, all these other different things but they didn't have that from just like COVID. So it seems like the vaccine is what's causing that, not actual so much the actual COVID. So it's like, I wouldn't even want to take the risk of that because even just that, if they're trying to push the whole thing where there's like food shortages and they want people to eat different types of food, if you fuck up people's senses, that's just one thing that makes it easier for that to happen also. So that could be even be another side little agenda to it is they're trying to see if they can mess with people's uh, ability to like taste and smell in order to manipulate them to be able to eat things that they normally wouldn't be able to eat that aren't appetizing. And there's a bunch of that that we already eat, for example, like uh, artificial vanilla coming from, I think it's a beaver. It's like a gland in like their anal cavity um, versus like actual vanilla that comes from like a plant. But your nose gets tricked into thinking that it's actual vanilla. So you're eating something that's coming, that's something you're not supposed to eat and assuming that it's appetizing when it's not supposed to be appetizing. It's just a tricking your senses. And there's a lot of that in the food industry already. And it's just going to get even worse if there's a method to fuck up your taste of smell or your sense of smell and taste um, from this vaccine, of course. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably just the, just the tipping point of some of the myriads with the vaccine, obviously. And if you look at it where the, the companies have no accountability whatsoever. So, so anything that happens, like you can't fall back onto them. Um, but yet the government has set up a, a fund for, for vaccine injuries that, that, that they paid out, I think, either millions or billions of dollars since it was instituted in, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, once the I, I, can't, I don't know the name of the act, but I know it happened in the late mid to late 80s, where it basically took all responsibility from vaccine manufacturers um, as far as any adverse effects and said, nope, you're not responsible for anything, including up to death. Um, which a lot of people I wasn't even aware of and, until like the whole COVID thing hit. Um, and I've been skeptical skeptical about vaccines myself. You see that with Since the Pfizer 2008? documents not being as known. Like most people I know that push vaccines have no idea the Pfizer documents exist. So that's just another way of showing that they take no responsibility for the actions of these vaccines when they have records of bad side effects that happen, but it's not being pushed into the mainstream like the vaccine is. No, yeah, and, and it is, like, even on that end, like, it, it was very, very fishy. Like, anybody who, who can string any type of coherent thought together should realize that, that when a company is wanting to wait 75 years to release their, their studies, um, there is definitely something very wrong and very fishy with that. Like, like you don't push that stuff off unless you know that the data is, 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 is being riddled with, with stuff you do not want the public to know about. Yeah. And then they get the staggered release. So they only have to release so many pages every couple of years and they get away with that kind of shit too. But then it's like, you know, if anybody that's like a local business or anything like that has any kind of issue, they're expected to show every single piece of documentation, have it be publicly known. But you know, if you're part of these big pharma industries, th- those rules don't apply to you, of course. <laughs> yep. And then, then when you start like digging deeper into that, you start to find out that a lot of people that that are part of the FDA are also 
uh, former sitting board members of a lot of these companies and vice versa. Like it's, like it's, it's very, very interesting with how many people have connections from, from the government into, into the pharmaceuticals. Um, like I know, uh, Fauci's wife is, is she, I want to say she's with the FDA, uh, but she sits on the board. I think she actually may be the, the highest board person of the, of the branch of the FDA that basically grants the, uh, authorizations for, um, for vaccines, if, whether or not they get approved or not, um, which is in and of itself is, is mind blowing, um, that you have, have somebody out here pushing for vaccines. And then his wife just happens to be on the same board that is also approving the vaccines. Of course, that's how it works. You, you, uh, you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That's the little concept. And unfortunately, our politics in this country all built off the ability to be lobbied, uh, depending on who you are and how much pull you have. And that's just one of those things everybody always wants to look at capitalism like it's such a great thing. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's the worst thing, but there's still a lot of bad factors that come into play. Like pretty much anything can be bought for money in a capitalist, you know, economy. And it's <laughs> it, it shows through our politics, like just the, the even like the whole cigarette thing for a while there. Um, it's a little bit different now where I don't feel like there's at nearly as many cigarette smokers as there used to be. But like how long was were laws on that lobbied so that they could make money off of people smoking cigarettes? Like who's to say that, that it's not any different with like the vaccines and stuff, that everybody's making money off these vaccines somehow. Uh, so that's why they're pushing it so hard and they're trying to make it so everything gets instantly approved when normally it takes years to get a vaccine approved, you know? And just even the fact that they're already working on it before any of this went down is just another thing that's fishy that it's like nobody's really looking into besides people in this community, of course. But again, it's like if you're not woken up by now, like I, I don't know what, what's going to do it for you unless, you know, you literally have your government in front of you saying like, all of your rights are gone. You need to live in this FEMA camp now. But I still think that people would still fall for that and go for that, too, thinking that their government was trying to protect them at yeah. that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, who was it? Was it, was it Reagan or Nixon? I can't remember which which president who said like the like the worst things to ever hear is is is, is somebody showing up at your door and saying we're from the government and we're here to help. Like, like, like <laughs> when it gets to that point, like, like we're, we're all just fucked and, and screwed uh, when we start looking at that. Um, yeah, because obviously, like as you mentioned, like the whole FEMA camp thing, like that is something that 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 has been around. That idea has been floated at least in this community for for twenty years now. Obviously, if we start looking at what happened what, what happened with COVID, like you look at Australia, where they where they put together camps rather quickly, um, and they said uh, I can't remember what what they called them. Like, like they, they tried to message them as being a very uh, positive thing, but yet they were still rounding up people um, against their will for, for being suspected of being in contact with somebody that had COVID. Um, or like even look at like Canada back last year when they were forcing people into into mandatory quarantine um, hotels uh, for two weeks, even if you were, even if you were, were a, a, a resident of Canada coming back from from traveling somewhere that they they were forcing people into the into these hotels where where not only was the government not paying for it 
they were having the person that they were forcing to go to them pay for pay for it out of their own pocket. Um, I remember there was a few stories that came out where there were women that were getting sexually assaulted um, in these places. And when they were like trying to speak up against it, like like they were saying, no, none of that, none of that happened type of deal. And then even when you look here in the U.S., like like that FEMA camp theory is looking very, very plausible (laughs) when we look at it now. I mean, um, we go back. I, I remember I came across an article, uh, I think it dated early 2000s, if memory serves me correct. Um, I can't remember where it came out of, but I, but I remember the article like popped up and then like went away where uh, Halliburton had a government contract to uh, manufacture, or manufacture and outfit um, railroad cars um, with shackles and chains in them something very similar like you like you would see coming out of nazi germany um and this is back in the in in the early 2000s when they had this contract now obviously um it's for everybody's safety though don't forget that that's how how they're gonna play it off (laughs) yeah it's all for your safety like like you can't probably find the article anymore but but again like it's still this this stuff is you can't just do it overnight like it it takes years and years in advance to plan but you look at that you look at um, the IRS and CDC in particular going out, um, I think it was about 10 years ago, um, where they went out and bought up, um, hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammo, um, which makes no sense why either one of these government agencies would need to stock up on ammo, um, or you even look to right around that same time the the cdc started <coughs> excuse me uh started getting contracts to build um i believe it was plastic coffins by by the millions um and i think this was like around 2012 2013 again stuff that that pops up and then sort of just gets pushed under the rug but it makes you wonder like why the cdc is building or is building caskets and why they're hoarding ammo they're prepping stuff, man. I'm telling you, that was like one of those things that it's like, if you did it all at once, everybody would be looking at it. But if it's one single thing, they're going to take some flack for it for a second, but then it gets kind of forgotten about. And especially in the internet age, like you can delete any article you want going back off the internet. Like it's very easy to manipulate information through the internet. So it's just like, it's a, it's a long game that people don't see that I didn't, I didn't even make those connections until you started mentioning them, that they've probably been working on this whole agenda they've been trying to do since 2012. And they're probably trying to do that thing too, where it's like, you know, the, the smaller wave of something that's not intended to take out a bunch of people. And then they start kind of pushing in like the bigger waves. And then once you start pushing in the bigger waves, you can get more control over people because then you have the whole fear mentality and they'll say, Hey, come here for safety. And if not, you're going to die. And then you're going to go over here. Um, and then it, again, it just goes back into that whole idea of being able to mass manipulate people without them even realizing. And once you get spoon fed that shit for so long that it's like, it's almost like Stockholm syndrome, you know, like you start seeing the enemy as your friend because they seem like they're doing something nice for you, like giving you a place to live. When realistically, like it's a FEMA camp and you're thinking that that's, you know, like the good place to be right now because that's what the government and everybody else is doing with the whole crowd, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's the Ritz Hotel comparatively to what else is going on. But but even thinking stuff like that, like it's like and I just thought about this just now. 
and it's almost like MK Ultra mind control on, on a mass scale, like like we've never seen before. Like with with how much they they've been able to to herd everybody together. I know Dr. Robert Malone mentioned it obviously um, on Joe Rogan's podcast months ago. The mass formation psychosis. Um, There's the whole Russian version too, where it's pretty much like if you keep pushing a certain message through a couple generations, by the time you get to a certain point, these generations would be born into that. And even if you start giving them factual information, they're going to be so inbred with that, that they're not going to see that truth as truth. They're going to think that they're going to be stuck in their own reality, you know? Yep. And then the crazy thing with that is like, it's very easy like a lot of people don't don't realize that 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 the I wouldn't necessarily say our consciousness, but the way we perceive reality, um, the, especially if you're very close-minded to, to say the least, um, can, can be very fragile and, and can break at a moment's notice. Like when you start, like you said, when you get inundated, inundated with these ideas constantly over and over again, and and whenever something out of the contrary comes up and supports the opposite and even if it is something where it's like very factual um it is hardcore evidence to support the contrary like these people break down and and literally like like you see them it looks like their brain is exploding um like it reminds me of um of i think it's family guy uh in one of their episodes where, where they're like in the brain and they're just calculating like numbers and they can't do anything else but that in it. And they're just, just sort of going, going crazy. There's a with it. And, reference to that too, where they're burning all the papers and they're like, I don't know, what do we do here? What do we do? <laughs> uh, we, we see that happening constantly now. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I don't like to do like the left versus right thing, but um, from, from a political spectrum, but, but you see it happening more, more on the left side of the spectrum with everything where like you see these videos of where these people are, are freaking out when people are saying something contrary uh, to their beliefs. Like you, you see the videos of people going to, to college campuses like Matt Walsh um, speaking out against um, uh, the, the trans transgenderism uh movement um you see that happening with jordan peterson as well when he goes to campuses um you see it with ben shapiro um, and you see with stein too alex stein so he, he's been doing that stuff too lately is he, is he the comedian that i'm thinking of uh he's the let's see a good way to describe him he's he does uh what's it called conspiracy castle i think is the name of the show um he's known for pretty much trying to make a point by making it as ridiculous as possible. Yep. Yep. I, I know. Yeah. So he's just kind of like a goofy, funny, loudmouth guy that like kind of gets his point across. He goes to like local town hall meetings and like yep. out and like causes a scene, like wearing like a like, COVID suit and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like very over the top. Like I remember I saw one of those videos and I actually thought it was real. And then like, I like, somebody started, I ended up watching like another video on YouTube and so I was like, Oh yeah, this is so-and-so he, he just goes, goes to these places just to be show how ridiculous he makes a good Stuff on point, the left is. He's been going around lately and he pretty much will like go into strip clubs with the whole like Pride Month thing and find places that are allowing like kids in there pretty much to like tip drag queens and he'll like follow them out and like call them out on their shit because I don't care what part of the community you're from. Like I don't care if you're gay. I don't care what you're into. But like if you think it's okay for kids to be in a strip club to watch an adult stripping who's a transsexual or gay or even just like a normal stripper, let alone like there's something wrong with you. Like 
kids aren't supposed to be inside. It's 21 and up for a reason. So, like, why yeah. is it any different for Pride Month that it's okay to let a five-year-old watch a stripper strip? Like, I don't, I don't, I'll never understand that one, especially coming from a position of a parent. No, yeah, and that and that stuff like that, that is just very sickening and disheartening. Like you said, like, like for me, I, like, I don't, for me, I don't care where where you stand at. You, the way that I view it, you be who you want to be. Uh, but but it really comes down to when you start imposing your your viewpoints um, is sort of where I sort of draw the line, especially when you look at kids like like it is a very grooming mentality. Like I know there was the whole video that came out just a couple of days ago um, down in Texas of where, like you mentioned, that they were doing something similar to that, where it was at a at a 21 and older bar where these parents brought in kids and and were basically having the uh these drags come in basically stripped down and the kids were 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 giving them money um or i know there was there's been a few videos here recently where they've even shown uh kids dressing in drag mm-hmm. and then literally going on stage and, and stripping and getting money from from adults man like like and who's That's normalizing pedophilia too just yeah on top of that like like in whose right mind like like views that as acceptable like 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 that is in and of itself like like we go back 10 20 years ago like like these people would be condemned like like you would be like taking these people and breaking them over the fire and now it's somehow say teachers are fighting for their right to teach their sexual orientation to elementary school kids when i don't know about you man but when i was in elementary school like i didn't even acknowledge the fact that the teacher wasn't anything other than somebody that just lives in the building and teaches kids like nobody cares about their their the the kids are never going to think about the teacher's home life unless the teacher brings it up so like that's what it comes down to is like kids are going to be kids they're going to grow up to be whatever they're going to be that's fine i'm all for people's freedom in that aspect but like leave the kids out of it and look at it from a broader standpoint that you're fighting for the right to teach kids about what you like to have sex with and just look at that statement and tell me you don't see an issue with that. Yeah, it definitely is that like they are trying to glamorize and push the whole pedophilia ring. And obviously and like, and I think the reason why they're like the big push for it is obviously, and if we look far enough into it, especially if you go, go into the Jeffrey Epstein, uh, log with, with with the stuff he was doing and the politicians that at least for who we know were on his flight logs and that's probably just the the bare minimum uh, of the probably the the hundreds maybe thousands of names that, that black that he book is, is never going to see the light of day I can yeah. already tell you that now <laughs> yeah um, and obviously you have Dwayne Maxwell who who in and of herself basically got away scot-free with everything like like we're never gonna know um who all was on a part of this part of the list but it almost seems like they are trying to make it as publicly acceptable as possible so when this stuff does start coming more to light we're gonna the society we'll, we'll call it that we'll be like oh this this it's okay that that this 50 or 60 year old man um, had sex with this 13 year old kid or, or you have the president of the United States who may or may not have sexually abused his kids um, 
when they were younger, and especially if you look at, um, I, I don't know if, you, if you've seen the news or if you've come across it, like, uh, what is it, uh, is it Ashley Biden? His, his daughter has a journal that's out there that apparently talks about all the stuff that, that, that he did um, with her and, and Hunter um, when they were kids. I was going to say, too, most people that are into pedophilia, it's, I don't want to, let's see, a good way to word it is that it's, it's one of those things that more than likely, in most cases, they were sexually abused as a child. So it becomes a power thing that as adults, they want to instill that same fear onto somebody else that they had to deal with as a child. So it's like, it's, it's commonly known that most people that are into pedophilia were abused when they were children on top of that. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you look at the stuff that Hunter Biden is like his lifestyle. Like it seems like he it, it is very much like he was abused as a child. Like it shows like the all the, 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 the telltale symptoms of everything. <laughs> and with the drug addiction, the the the, the, the sexual pro- proclivity, like the reckless behavior, like a lot of that is, is very much like you would see out of a sexual abuse uh, survivor. And obviously, even if you go down into the down to another conspiracy theory hole here like you look at at hollywood you see the same thing happening with like a lot of child stars as well um where obviously you look at who is it uh cory feldman years ago it came out and it's 90s nickelodeon with uh, what's his name rob something with the whole foot fetish thing and there's like a whole connection to that with a bunch of different like 90s and 2000s uh nickelodeon stars being molested um wouldn't put it past me. I, I know I haven't come across that one, but then again, was it uh, Nickelodeon as part of Universal? Um, and obviously, they're pushing the pushing multiple agendas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, like you look at like I said, you look at Corey Feldman like broke the whole pedophilia thing happening in Hollywood in the early two thousands, which obviously he said he was a part of. Um, Corey Haim was a part of it, and, and and you can probably look at just about any childhood actor who's come out of Hollywood, whether it's Hollywood or even the music industry, um, where, where it almost seems like, like when they have these breakdowns, like, like you could almost suspect that that happened, like, like not to throw dirt on the person, but you look at like Britney Spears, like back, what was it? 15, 16 years ago, like when she had that big giant mental breakdown, it was almost as if her, her consciousness or her, her reality um, to piggyback sort of what we were talking about earlier sort of imploded like it had like two things were were trying to be true at the same time and it just couldn't process. She, she didn't um, even which, have rights over herself until like a year ago. That was what that yep. whole court case thing was about, that she couldn't marry whoever she wanted. She couldn't do whatever she wanted. She was completely under her father's control, which I'd like to mention before you get too far into it. Her sister, what's her name? Um, the one that was on like Zoe 101. She, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I want to say Ashley, but, but I think that's, that's Ashley Simpson, Jessica Simpson's it's something, sister. Something Spears. But anyway, she was connected Jamie. to... It's Jamie, Jamie Spears. That Rob... It begins with an S. I can't remember his last name. He was one of the big heads of Disney who had like a foot fetish, all that shit. He was also the guy who wrote and produced her show, and she got pregnant and left the show. So knowing how Britney Spears' family was and the fact that they never released who the dad was of that baby, there's a good possibility that, you know, her parents also had the same kind of contract with her. And then when she got pregnant, they're kind of just like, all right, you're ruined now. We're going to put all of our attention into your sister, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, that that's even that's all connected too because her sister was linked in with all the Nickelodeon stuff. Yep, and, and that even goes further. Like if you look at like the the whole MK Ultra thing, um, where a lot of people that that have been like a part of the program, um, like they they experience sort of like the same mental breakdowns as well. Like when the information that they're being fed to what information that is actually happening when those two to reality start to blend together it's the same concept where it's basically that they just completely get overloaded to the point where we're lack of better terms is their brain literally explodes because it can't process and handle the information that's coming in because it can't discern uh reality for um, from from fiction which obviously even in stuff like this like it's obviously we got the conspiracy theories and everything like it's like we can talk about what ifs and and things all the time but but it's but again it's still it's completely different when you're when you're talking about an actual person's brain that 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 is not as open as say as somebody within this community with how we process the information and say yeah and they've never had a normal childhood especially coming from these child stars so it's like they never really get to see what the real world's like so they just know something's off in their brain and then they just finally explode one day and it's like you, you it, almost every single big celebrity at one point has a, had a big blow up. So it's like you kind of know that there's mental trauma based within everything that has to do with Hollywood on top of the fact that it's just like it's so publicly known now with how many people have come out with about sexual abuse that it's it's hard, it's hard to deny now. But yet people are still denying it and pretend like it doesn't happen. And uh, before I get too far into um, I looked up the guy's name. It's uh, Dan Schneider, S-C-H. N-E-I-D-E-R, if anybody was curious, or if you want to look it up later, of course, too. But just so you know. I wonder if it has any relation to Rob Schneider. Or Dan. That's his name. Dan Dan Schneider. So I was saying it wrong completely. <laughs> but he's the he's the guy who used to play, like, he was, like, always, like, a background character. He was, like, a like a heavier set guy. Um, he played, like, a security guard in, like, the Amanda show. Um, he I was think I a- may know who you're talking about. Because I know when I grew up, like, I obviously, I, I grew up in the 90s with the whole Nickelodeon thing. Um I remember I used to watch like especially all that. I know that that was a big show. He he was um, in that too. He was always the like the random older guy that was like heavier set that was always like playing with feet and shit. Yep. So it was like hidden within it. And also Amanda Bynes was abused, of course, and he also produced her show. So there's just another connection with him. <laughs> yep. Hey. Uh, very, very fascinating <laughs> when we start looking at that. And even like in and of itself, like Hollywood. Uh, like when you look at like the roots of it, it is very esoteric in and of itself, very occult, very occult-ish where like even the, the, the like the, the name Hollywood, essentially, I think if you break it down, it may be Latin. I'm not 100 percent sure um, the, the root language, but it basically um, translates to to cast a spell on you or, or, or to put a spell on you. So I was also hearing Hollywood is the type of wood that you would make a wand out of also. So yep. like that's trees not native to that area. So why do they have that name that of course too? Yep. And then like you have, I think it was in the sixties, if memory serves me correct. Um, what was it? Operation Mockingbird. Is that what I'm looking for? Yep. Operation Mocking- Mockingbird where like the CIA like came out and specifically talked about how they were influencing what was going on in Hollywood. And then he even had, um, I don't know the person's name. I know he was, he was tied to the, to, to a satanic church or, or to the church of state. And I, I don't remember the, the specific name, um, 
but but he was basically in, in an interview talking about how how the Church of Satan was was influencing Hollywood and the ideas that were coming out of it as well. And I think that even comes stems from the the Operation Mockingbird as well. So I mean, it's that probably goes back further than that too. Because look at the Black Dahlia murder. You can't tell me that that wasn't something occult related, just in the method and fashion that it was done in. And that was kind of like one of like the big starting moments of Hollywood, where Hollywood really took off too, as after right after that. Yep. And I know I haven't delved down too much into the Black Dolly murders. Like I've heard a couple of podcasters talk about it, and I definitely know um, from from some aspects of it there are some some esoteric um, and and occult and um, things behind it. Uh, obviously, I think anything that happens in Hollywood at this point is is somehow linked or tied into the occult um, in one way or another. Um, it, it all depends upon and how and how they spin it. Um, That's why all the books about it get banned, of course, just because you know it's got some juicy information. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, that, that is very, very true. Uh, and, and and like you're saying, like it, like I, I can't remember where I came across it um, or who was talking about it, but I but I know even like like the whole concept of Hollywood, like as you were mentioning, like it goes back even before like the founding of like Hollywood, like during its golden era like in the 20s like, like a lot of the stuff um that, that they've that they've drawn for drawn from is definitely goes goes well well before any of that um especially like like with the whole like i said with the occult with the magic stuff like obviously if, if we look back far enough like this is stuff that that's been happening for for thousands of years um at this point uh depending upon what what view of the timeline you, you sort of sort of believe as far as how long we've been around, but but it's stuff that that that's been constantly practiced um, through throughout the years. And I know for me, it's not something that I personally have like did a big like deep dive into on the onto like the occult side of stuff. Like I I, I know like like some of the stuff that's out there. Like when you talk about like the Illuminati, the New World Order, like your Freemasons, uh, your secret societies, like Skull and Crossbones, things of that nature. Um, like, like it's stuff that that's, that's out, it's out there in the open that, that they are showing that, that this is stuff that they have been practicing for, for a long time. And we're just sort of, they, they're guinea pigs for, for the experiments um, that, <laughs> that they want to run. Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. And uh, I mean, just going into the whole other connection too, with as far as like Hollywood being able to manipulate shit. Uh, another one I always like to point out too is uh, like Squid Game, for example. I know that wasn't like made in Hollywood, for example, but it's still just like another form of like mini media manipulation. Um, just creating like a games like that. Like nobody would have been thinking about that type of thing if it wasn't for media that's like that. And I'm sure that there's movies made in Hollywood that kind of have that same concept where it's almost like a, most dangerous game kind of a concept where people just want to like bet bet on people trying to kill each other for money essentially because everybody gets so poor um so just yeah and it connects into two the other thing i wanted to point out and the reason i was bringing that up is uh going into the whole like magic side of hollywood with the whole like manifestation idea too is that a lot of the reason too why hollywood may be placed where it's at is because it has some type of significant uh reasoning for it being there like maybe it's some kind of special land but because of that they're able to make things and manifest things so that things will eventually pop up like a lot of different like sci-fi concepts start popping up and be it that maybe it was inspired f- 
from people making a movie about it. But either way, it's still a form of like manifesting something that you thought of it. So now you're giving the idea out there so that somebody can create it. So it's like magic within Hollywood, even in that aspect. No, yeah. And I would agree. And like there is, um, I think it's Tibetan, if I'm sure isn't correct, but, but it's, uh, it's something called Tulpas. And, and granted, I, I learned this from, from a show. I don't know if you've ever seen it called Supernatural. Yeah. Um, they talk about where, that on a lot of podcasts. Where where they granted it, it, it's a it's a great show it has its moments but 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 I know like their early stuff like definitely drew from a lot of like real life um, for whatever reason I am drawing a blank urban legends that, that's the yeah. word that I'm looking for and I know like one of their early episodes they they talk about tulpas and about being these thought projections or thought manifestation and and, I, and obviously like if you go down like this sort of I wouldn't even say conspiracy theory at this at this point but but when you look at at like just how strong our our consciousness is where where we basically just on an individual level can manifest our reality um especially when we have have tons of focus on something whether it's through meditation through through breathing exercises whatever the case may be um, we, we as humans have that ability to do that, but when you're talking about having these larger manis- manifestations, um, it, it's very, it's a very interesting concept of, of some of the stuff that we've been talking about tonight, where, where, what happens, like when you're thinking about it in broader terms, like what happens when you have millions of people all focusing in on the same ideas, on the same topics, like, like it's, like these things are going to manifest then you get stuff one like way or because they're telling you a vision so that it can manifest so that's just another connection into that whole like media manipulating something to make make it happen yeah and again like i know there was somebody that i saw it on on instagram here recently and it, and it is very it's interesting in one way where where they were sort of like saying that like all these things that are happening uh, maybe it's it's the fault of like us as humans be or us as, as like in, in this community where where we've thought about it so much that that it's now manifesting physically. But obviously, I as much as I want to believe that, that like we are like that, that we may be the cause for it. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just the the powers that be have put these ideas out there and and have used our our potential of manifesting reality into using us as as their pawns into doing what they what they want us to do and i think at the end of the day and when we are focusing on their goals and not our goals um as far as achieving i don't want to say greatness but but achieving the the, those higher states of consciousness whatever sort of path you follow down with that and is that when we're not reaching those levels of enlightenment and, and empowering ourselves, we are actively um, manifesting our rulers, um, their agenda instead of our own. I was going to say, I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but Terrence McKenna has a very good quote that goes with this. And it's something along the lines of, if you don't create your own, or if you don't create your own path, you'll become part of somebody else's something along those lines. Or if you don't follow your own dreams, you'll become part of somebody else's Uh, same kind of concept. It's like, I mean, people, even people going to work every day, it's like they're making somebody else's dream come true and they're forgetting about their dream in the process. Like that's fine. Everybody has to have that reptilian part of their brain where you go to work, you know, you just make, do your job, 
make your money so that, you know, you can do the things you want to do. But at the same time, though, just because you're doing that, don't let it pull you away from your dreams that you want to come true. Because, again, you're just going to become part of somebody else's dream rather than your own. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that is very, very true. Uh, and a lot of um, and it's sad that the amount of people that that has sort of either given up on their dream or just even of itself has sort of just become a cog in, in the machine. And as 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 much of it as a reference as that is, it's what a lot of people reference like that's what a lot of people have really turned into. It's sort of just this this cog that, that sort of just it's they do it they do what they're told. And, and I think it's, I think COVID in the last two years has really exposed just how many people are, are willing to sort of just go along with everything. Like, like when we start seeing like the memes and everything with people talking about like two years ago, like say, no, we're not going to lock down to it's 15 days to, to, to stop the spread. Oh, it's, it's six months now. We, we got to get everybody vaccinated to, to this and that. And it just seems like it's pushing back the goalposts and everybody just keeps sort of, so sort of agreeing and lockstep with it. And I know, I think it's Jordan Peterson, I think mentioned it um, in a Joe Rogan podcast. I, I may have been a few years ago. I can't remember um, uh, when it was, but I know he was talking about like how we got where we're at as far as a society and I know the way that he brought it up and it makes perfect sense where basically the, the, the powers that be or whatever you want to call it, people in power basically just keep pushing up to the point where they're right in front of you. Um, but, it, but then it causes you to back up yourself and they just keep doing that. They keep encroaching to that line, not going over it, but getting to the point where you yourself are going back into the point where where either you're against the wall or in this case in point, perfect metaphor is us literally falling off the cliff um, with everything that's going on. And, and that's sort of, so sort of very, very telling as far as, as a society of where we're at, like when people sit here and consider themselves like free thinkers or people that, 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 are, that, are, that are for liberty or for rights, but yet you, you look at how easily they've been able to be stripped away in the last two years. Like even now with, with all the, with all the mass shootings that have gone on, like we're seeing like, like a, another, it always happens another big push for, for gun control and gun reform. Um, and, and obviously if you follow history, even with stuff like that, that is never a good thing when the government takes away uh, your guns um, or your right, right to protect yourself in, in lack of better terms, uh, because you, you look at you look throughout history and it never ends ends good. Like you look at, at what happened in China with with, uh, with Mao's regime. You look at Cuba with with Castro. You look at Venezuela. Um, you look at what's potentially going to happen up in, in Canada with Trudeau and even like Australia um with everything like like it doesn't end and well because when when you have no right to, or no way to protect yourself when, when these powers do show up at your door like we were mentioning earlier with the fema camps like the you you have no way to fight back like it's going to be like all right I, I i guess i gotta go with you and that's part of the point too what they're trying to get at but to touch back on a couple things you're mentioning uh, a lot of it too as far as like the covid goes is that people are controlled by fear because they're afraid of losing their status or their job 
So they'll just fall into the trend because they don't want to lose their current status in life. And then to address the uh, comment about the shootings thing, I've kind of, I, I definitely think it's definitely an attack towards the guns, but I've kind of brought up a different perspective on it. And uh, Kyle, who I was talking to about the other day, also brought in another perspective. But my whole perspective is that part of it also could be that they're trying to find a way to infringe upon internet security. Um, because they usually mention the fact that these people were posting a couple days or a couple months or whatever before the actual event happens. So I feel like they're going to use that as an opportunity to say that, like, oh, for everybody's safety, we need to be able to access everybody's personal information online. So that's another attack towards that. Um, it's an attack towards, of course, trying to get guns away from people, even though most of the people that are doing these mass shootings aren't doing them with guns that you would be able to just go to the store and buy. Um, or they're with so much money worth of equipment, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then anybody that's, you know, going to be out here robbing people, doing whatever, like they don't get their guns through legal means anyway. So they're only taking guns away from people that are trying to get them for protection because they're completely in their name. Um, so that, that's, and then the other perspective that Kyle was pointing out too, is that they will try to do things like pretty much say that the local police force isn't good enough to handle these. So we need to have some type of federal police force. So that was his kind of whole idea is they're trying to make it so that there's like a one big government police force rather than local police force. So they can show that like local police force isn't good enough to handle these types of situations. So three attacks all within one attack, I guess, you know, one, one staged attack. Um, and when I say stage, by the way, I want to point out for people that, you know, I know like obviously normal people's children died, of course, and me being a father, I can only imagine what that's like. Um, but I'm saying that the ploy part is the person that's put into there that actually does these acts. And of course, in order to make it look like it wasn't a ploy, you have to take out normal people. And clearly the government has no problem with taking out normal people because look at 9-11. And if you don't yeah. believe in 9-11, you're in the wrong place. And if you also don't believe in 9-11, I want to point out the fact that all the important people that were in the building uh, weren't there that day. So just another thing to point out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 9-11 uh, is definitely... I, I... We could probably go down rabbit holes on that, uh, but but yeah, the, like like the shootings. That is something I know. Like going back, like to the Buffalo shooting, that was the first time that, that I think I, I ever heard like a politician or, or even just somebody in government. I think it was the the governor of New York, like came out and was and was talking about like there needed to be stricter um, laws or, or stricter. I want to say reform. I can't remember the the, the wording that she used, but basically. She was going after um, the the media. I think it was Twitch because that well, that one was live streamed on Twitch. If memory serves me correct, mm. where, where she was like trying to to use it as a means to go after these companies uh, for that, uh, and then sort of like when we look at like the, the the shooting that just happened in Texas, like like you look at at like the story that's around that with how the cops didn't act with how they were. Or, their, their inability to to act is probably the, the better way to where they didn't go into the school um, you look you look at like all the miscommunication that happens surrounding that and th there are definitely really a lot of red flags that that, that that surround that in and of itself to where they wouldn't let parents into the school uh, knowing what was going on um, it, it, there's a lot of weird coincidences and even and even to the kid who who did it like, like I know somebody was doing like the math, like like the the stuff that that he bought 
costed well over $10,000. And, and this is coming from, from a kid from what the media has self-proclaimed where he was grew up in a poor family, um, really didn't have any means of, of anything. And yet he was able to go out buy a brand new truck buy 10, well over $10,000 worth of, of guns and ammunition and somehow was able to do all this. And even to the point where there were reports that there was a teacher that apparently left the door open um, right before um, he got to the school. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of red flags. And, and for me, like. Even just somebody smashing a truck and then being able to get up and start shooting people. Like think about yeah. how incoherent you're going to be if you get into a car accident and you hit something dead on. On top of the fact too, that I wanted to point out that he was working, I don't remember the exact place, but it was some kind of like fast food job. There's no way in hell you'd be able to save up that much money in the period that he worked for that fast food place in order to even get that equipment either. Because people try to do yeah. that with that also. And I know some people were talking about he may have gotten credit cards, but but, but even on that like end. That to 18 year olds, 9,000. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't even get that. Yeah. And I'm 28. <laughs> and like, like, like there's just too many red flags and with it. And I don't think it's going to go. I don't think it's like the whole Sandy Hook thing. Um yeah, because I, I I do believe as much as people like really disdain towards this. Obviously, I know Alex Jones has talked about it, and he's in a big legal legal battle with it. Where where Sandy where Sandy Hook does definitely seem very very planned, and it does seem almost very like very much like a hoax. Um, but but even looking at like at the Texas shooting, there's been like videos of parents that they've shown on different news stations um for the same kid who are completely different all in and of itself like i remember i was watching a video it was uh, i think it was cnn and fox news where where they were talking about a parent for a kid and yet it was two different people but that apparently was the parent um and they looked completely different so so there's just a lot of stuff that goes into that and obviously the, the first thing is sort of as we were mentioning is, is the whole big gun control but but I can definitely see the aspect of the of the internet control uh, with it as well, and then the whole police. Um, what is the word that I'm looking for? The police negligence or or the or the or the lack of, of police. I, I can definitely see that happening as well because now you're getting these people that. And I think it's been slowly happening um, where, where you have like your back, the blue crowd is definitely seen with, with how inadequate they responded to it um, where, where they can make that push into like a federalization of, of the police force, which is something that they, that they actually did do back uh, resulting from the, from the January 6th stuff that happened last year. Um, I don't remember exactly how they did it, um, but, but they basically were able to, through, through, through the one six committee, were able to implement, uh, like federalized cops in, in multiple States across the country. Uh, and, and, and like I said, I can't remember specifically like, like how they were able to get away with it. Um, but, but I know that that is one thing that, that it does seem like they're sort of trying to work upon as well is sort of doing that, that that federalization of, of police, um, if, if you want to call point, it you that. You just have a military that, you know, you just have police essentially with military weapons. So that just increases the power of police, even in that aspect. 
that, you know, if they didn't want to control a crowd, all they got to do is walk up with a military type weapon and everybody's going to back down at that point. Cause they're not running at you with, uh, you know, shooting sandbags and rubber balls anymore <laughs> to try to try to fight yeah. a crowd. <laughs> yeah. It's very true. And I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, like I said, it, it's a lot of coincidences that, that have all just sort of been been happening over the last couple of years. And it all sort of sort of keeps culminating or keeps coming back to to, to, to the whole big Great Reset and the Agenda 2030 coming from the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, where, where it seems like all roads lead back to that. Yep. And that's one of those things, too, that it's like when you start connecting the dots, too, you realize that everything's connected. And I like to point out, too, that they're not just going for one thing. So it's like you got to look at it from a broader perspective that we're dealing with some very intelligent people. So when they're trying to do something like they're trying to do multiple things all with one move, like they're not just going to waste a move on trying to make one action come of it. Like there's a whole spiral of shit that's supposed to flow with it. Like even looking at it from a broader perspective, of like making parents scared to have their kids go to school. And that kind of ushers in the whole idea that we were talking about earlier with the whole like stay at home, do the VR type thing. Um, Because who knows, that could be where classrooms are going. Maybe they're intending that because they're trying to make everybody scared of schools. (laughs) Yep. And and I mean, even on that, you saw like with COVID, like there was a big push to to Zoom call or to Zoom Zoom schools and and online schooling with that. And and it and it definitely there's a big push away from everything. But then at the same time, like when you look at some of the the ideas that are being thrown out about everything is basically like trying to get everybody. huddled together into these container homes for, for lack of better terms and sort of living off the government is sort of like, that's the big push towards it. Um, Speaking of living off the government, they've been sending me, because I got two kids, they've been sending me stuff lately, like need help with food. Here's a card. Like I didn't sign up for this shit. Why are you sending this (laughs) to me? Like just trying to look for more aspects and different ways to control you because you act like you need their help. when it's like, I reject anything like that. And I don't want any kind of government help. (laughs) Yeah, and, and that's really the big thing, like for a lot of people, especially with kids, like like that's the easiest way uh, to, to control somebody and sort of to, to harken back to what we were talking about earlier, especially like with food, like with food shortages, but that they're going to be coming like, like as a parent, like I could not imagine being in a situation where like you have no food at home and you will do whatever you can to, to, to make sure you're your kid gets, gets the food that they need to make sure that their, that, that their stomach and, and is full. Like if you don't have food at home, like, like, like what's stopping you from, from going to the grocery store and just stealing food? Obviously, if you follow, if you've been following the news, like, like you look in a lot of places around the U S especially in Democrat controlled cities and States where people go into stores, loot them and literally, walk out with no penalties whatsoever because the local governments um, have, have decided not to uh, pursue those um, thanks in large part to, to George Soros and his backed mm-hmm. uh, attorneys in those areas with, with pushing that um, again, somebody else, if it, obviously I'm probably assuming everybody that's listening to this obviously knows that Soros has ties to the world economic forum as well. And he's, put in a lot of the ideas that they're pushing he, he ties right into that um so i mean you look at stuff like that and again even like beyond the food beyond going to the grocery store and even just stealing like what's to stop you from seeing your neighbor next to you with, with all the with all the good stuff and and 
going from over there and with a loaded gun or something and saying, hey, give me your food or, or I'm going to kill you type of thing. Um, and it does does seem like like we're headed that way. And, and it's just even sort of sort of talking about when we were at the beginning of the episode is there is a big, big impending societal collapse that, that we are inevitably heading to um and and i know for myself like like i like i i really want to see say that there's a light at the end of this tunnel um but if there is that that tunnel is a very very long tunnel at this point um and and i think the stuff that we are going to be experiencing within the next few months uh even potentially even by the end of this month like it's like like the like the stuff we're going to see is going to be stuff that 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 just fails in comparison. Like even to like when people think of like the Great Depression with, with with stuff like that. Like like when we think of like societal collapse, like like we go back to the Great Depression. Like I think it's going to go beyond just just that. Like we're going to have people turning on each other. Um, it, it's going to be very Lord of the Flies type mentality is what we're going to have and obviously um that that does seem like that's the the plan that they're pushing um especially with, with the whole division agenda that it seems like we've been been pushed on um for the last two years now oh yeah i definitely definitely agree with that um, I don't mean to, to cut you off or anything like that, but it's starting to get late here. If you're okay, starting to wrap it up and we can uh, do a part two soon at some point, hopefully. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, uh, I don't know where to sort of end this because I know it's a conversation that we can probably go on um, for, for a little bit, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll sort of end things there. I mean, uh, if you want to give your feedback on any come. of that, what was that? So give them a little taste on, on, on future conversations, of course. Yeah. Like I said, we, we went down a bunch of different avenues that we could definitely go into for hours. Just even bringing up the 9-11 thing. Like, yeah, we, we could go into all of those different topics for hours. No, yeah. And, and it's definitely, it's, it's a lot of topics, a lot of, a lot of theories that honestly aren't even theories at this point anymore. It's, it's all, it's all conspiracy facts, conspiracy facts or conspiracy facts, however you want <laughs> to spin, spin the verbiage on it. And, so, so yeah, so I definitely appreciate you coming on, uh, Shane, and, and definitely really enjoyed the conversation. I, we, we definitely touched upon uh, a lot of things here uh, today. Um, if you want to go ahead and just tell the listeners out there, um, obviously most people are going to know you from your show, um, but if you want to let the listeners of mine know uh, where they can sort of uh, catch you at as well as anything upcoming on the horizon for you as well. Um, so best way to find me, I'm across all streaming platforms that, you know, are, are the bigger ones, I guess. So inquiries of our reality. Um, and if you're trying to find my social media, um, any of my, any of my links, I, I try to make it easy. I put it all under a link tree link. So it's L I N K T R period E E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And then literally all my links are all connected through there. And then of course, for my listeners, uh, they're hearing this on my feed. Uh, that are interested in your show. Why don't you let them know where your show's at? Yeah, yeah. So you can follow me, uh, Illusionary Tales of Reality. Uh, same uh, on all major platforms um, that are out there. Uh, 
definitely, as I mentioned earlier on, I uh, getting into the Rockman community. So I know um, for anybody that's listening right now, and um, we do have a video portion and um, that I will be uploading to that as well, um, as well as any upcoming um, interviews that I do. I know for myself, um, I'm going to start recording and branching out and doing uh video recordings of my podcast as well and uploading them uh, to that uh, just to give listeners a little bit of a, of a different means uh, to listen as well as just to grow, grow my show and, and to connect more with the community and the audience that's out there as well. Um, so definitely stay tuned for updates on that. Um, I know as far as how you can connect with me, um, you can check me out on Instagram at Illusionary Tales of Reality. You can also hit me up uh, through my email at illusionarytalesofrealityatprotonmail.com. Um, and then I know as much as, as, as I will probably get, get slack and, and heat from it and probably potentially get banned off of it, I did start a Twitter account to try to help <laughs> as well. So I don't know how well that's going to go. Um, but, but I definitely know um, you can check me out there. Um, I will post a link in the show because I had to change that up. I, I want to say it's a I-T-O-R underscore podcast um, or for, for the Twitter handle um, just because I couldn't use my full podcast name uh, because there's too many characters. Um, so we'll see how long I either uh, last on there or how quickly it is before I get um, people angered and upset at me for posting um content that made them not deem as acceptable as they want with their uh with their collective um but but i definitely appreciate uh spending the last couple of hours here with you shane um definitely would love to do this again i feel like there's a lot of stuff we covered in today's episode as well as a myriad of things we can definitely dive down um in the future as well Oh yeah, definitely. I had a lot of fun with this conversation. That's always the best conversations are the ones that just are able to flow on and have an organic conversation and get to know each other and express ideas. And I always appreciate getting to do these types of things. So uh, I guess this, I don't know how to end it exactly since it's a swap cast, like yeah. thank you for coming on my show and thank you for also having me on your show at the same time, I guess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thank you as well. Um, well, until next time, definitely uh, check us both out. Uh, check out Shane at Inquiries of Reality. And then obviously for me, Illusionary Tales of Reality as well. Until next time. Oh, yeah. And uh, drop us all a rating, too. Uh, we both appreciate that one. Have a good night, everybody. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.